Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Helen and I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, a weekly show where we talk about the ins, the outs, the ups and the downs of work and share some tools that we think might help, some ideas that you can take action with to give you a bit more confidence, clarity and control over your career development. And if it's the first time you've listened, this episode comes with lots of other help for you. So as well as our conversation, you can download a pod sheet, which is just a one page summary. It's got some of the key insights we're going to talk about on there and the ideas for action. It's all editable as well, so you can download it fill it in we know that lots of teams talk about those together as well so it might be a useful thing for you to have in your teams we have pod notes which we put on social so if anything particularly resonates with you have a look at our social channels at amazing if on instagram and linkedin and you can like it and share it so other people can get help too and there's also pod plus that is almost every Thursday. That's our caveat that sometimes it doesn't happen. But it is nine o'clock UK time on Zoom. It's free, it's 30 minutes, and it is a brilliant community of like-minded learners. And we just dive in a bit deeper into the topic we're talking about. So that's all there for you. You can find it on our website, which is amazingif.com or in the show notes, or just email us, Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. So today we're talking about how pausing increases performance. And I think pausing is such an interesting concept to dive into, mainly because I've spent a lot of time researching it over the last week for more than just the podcast, which is very exciting. And what you start to realise very quickly is there is a lot of pressure on us to not pause. And those pressures can be from having multiple projects. So having lots of things that you're trying to do at the same time. So that feels very anti-pausing. Lots of pressures to be productive. And there's the whole like productivity guru thing, isn't there? Like how to just be that 1% more productive all the time and go through your tasks and to-do list that bit quicker. Maybe it's pressure from your manager. So you're like, well, I can't pause because whether it's a manager or just another person. So maybe that's me putting pressure on Helen. So she's like, well, I'd like to pause, but Sarah sent me 40 messages or something and also I think there's the pressures that we put on ourselves like the expectations to keep going maybe the framing that we might have in our minds around what a pause look like what a pause means is you know is it actually a good thing to pause because I think for some of us it feels more motivating than others I think for other people they might find it more confronting or challenging is actually something they, they even want to do. I always think as well, when I've been sort of reflecting on the stuff that Sarah's sort of pulled together for the podcast today, is I think that it's really easy, and this is probably what I do, I think it's 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 easy to feel sort of out of control of your ability to pause. Well, that sounds lovely, but my company puts back-to-back meetings in, so when can I possibly pause? Or that sounds lovely, but I've got 101 things to do, so the idea of me putting a pause into my day is just going to stop me kind of being able to do my job. And so you can, I think, get a little bit 
defensive about it and feel mm-hmm. like well this isn't is a lovely concept but it's not really in my control but I hope that where we get to in the podcast is and this is from someone who doesn't find pausing easy and probably does too much in a day that there are actually lots of practical ways that you can fit pausing in and it doesn't always have to be for a long time and it doesn't always have to mean that you're less productive you're doing less as a result of it you're just sort of doing what you're doing a bit better and so if you are already listening and thinking well pausing is not possible for me just hold that thought thought because some practical ideas are coming and I do think it's important to connect to why we should pause so if you're someone like me I just think well because it sounds nice and like something I'd like to do but if you're Helen you're thinking well I need more motivation than that you've got to help me with the why behind pausing what we know is that when you pause it prevents sameness so it stops us from doing things like making the same mistake twice because maybe you're pausing for thought you're pausing to reflect, you're pausing to take a quick breath. Maybe your relationships become more productive. So you know that you pause in a difficult conversation so you don't just respond right away. You take a moment to pause and then you choose. You, you choose how you want to react, something that you're in control of. And I think the other thing that's really interesting when you start researching pausing is particularly in Western cultures, in conversations, we don't practice pausing very often. So we've probably all got quite used to lots of interruptions, almost how much you speak, perhaps being a signal of like power or how important you are. And it really matters how much you say. And that almost maybe has a sort of sense of pace. Like I need to speak faster to just get more done and the meeting's going to end soon. And so when you think about like just pausing generally in our lives, it's often not something that has been celebrated probably in our working cultures and in our environments and just like generally in lives there's definitely a bit of a culture of like more and more and more and then you obviously always get the opposite of that which I think is where you got you know things like the slow food movement Helen and I have read a really brilliant I would describe it as a book but it's something you can get for free around slow learning that's really interesting as well so you always sort of get the when everything's got all frantic everyone then goes oh right I need to then everyone needs to slow down but we think there might be um a sort of happy middle here that feels more realistic and relevant to everybody. That doesn't mean we all have to just stop completely. I think, again, different to Sarah, I don't think I take pride in pausing. Even I, even this podcast, I don't kind of go, oh, I'm proud that I'm a person who can pause. That doesn't resonate with me. What I do take pride in is having high quality relationships. What I do take pride in is doing work that other people haven't done like because they've got kind of unique thoughts and it's got a unique impact. And you can't get to that without pausing. So I think... Some people might just be like, I'm the sort of person who pauses. Brilliant. And that's a, that's a good for you. And if you're not like that, I think whatever the thing that is meaningful to you in terms of the output or outcomes of your work, it's very likely that pausing can play a part in it. So maybe just sort of sort of attach yourself to the outcome that you want and recognise that pausing is an input that might get there for you. And that's interesting that you said that because I was thinking about you today as I was writing <laughs> about pausing. Of course you and were. I've written a list of pause payoffs because I was like, oh, actually, maybe that's quite a useful way to think about it. Like, what's the, not just the enjoying a pause, it's actually what's the payoff of pausing, which is exactly what you've just described. So perhaps if you're listening to this, focus first on what's your pause payoff. Is it 
being able to get unstuck? Is it better quality relationships? Is it your ability to deal with complexity? Like, well, what's the payoff of you're hoping quality, for? Quality, isn't it? So, yeah. like, because I kind of I set like a word of the year, which I appreciate will make some people cringe, but it works for me. And my word of the year is quality. And I know that I will get to better quality in many of the dimensions that I'm sort of looking at with pausing. So, I, I, that that is my payoff, and that makes me think. That makes me want to like, okay, I'll do I'll do some of this stuff, even though it does feel a bit uncomfortable, and I have to sort of interrupt myself in order to put a pause in. And actually, Robert Poynton has written a brilliant book called Do Pause, um, which I've read over the last week, uh, and I'd I'd really recommend. And actually reflecting on Helen's point there about quality, one of the quotes from the book in terms of how he describes pausing really resonates with this idea of like improving kind of the quality of like what you do and maybe who you are even. And he says, a pause is an opening. It acts as a portal to other options and choices giving more dimension to your experience. Now that sounds great. I'll have that. So do you want that as <laughs> yes. your pause payoff? Yes, I'll have that. Dimensions to my experiences, yes. And I think just when we start thinking about pausing, being really practical about it as an idea, because one of the questions actually Robert Poynton asks in the book, which I really like, he's like, how long is a pause? And I sometimes think we stop ourselves pausing because our assumption is, and perhaps this would be true for Helen, like, well, I haven't got time to pause for a day. I haven't got time to pause for a week. Um, you read about Bill Gates going on his like think weeks or whatever for like two weeks every year. And you're like, well, sure, but I can't do that. I don't have the luxury of that. And so perhaps there's this assumption of like, well, this is what a pause has to look like. But pauses are a real, um, they're sort of elastic. They're quite an elastic concept. A pause can be five seconds, five minutes, five hours, five days depending on what you're pausing to do. And actually, one of the things that we've really tried to think about today is short, simple, specific pauses that we think in your week would help to increase your performance. So our first idea for action comes from Robert Poynton's book, and he described a visual exercise. Now, I appreciate we are on an audio medium here, and I'm like, here right, I'm going <laughs> I'm going to attempt to describe a visual activity but I thought it was so useful and I've done it really quickly and I found it helpful um, and Helen's done it as well that I was like, I'm, I'm going to give it a go at trying to describe it. So essentially what you're trying to do is scan over a period of time how much space you have versus speed. So the first thing you need to do is pick a time frame. So I picked a day and Helen's picked a day as well, but you can also pick a week, you could pick a month, you could pick your year so far. So you can you can play around with the time frame. You then are visually going to represent during that time how much space was there versus how much speed. So space is a circle and speed is a one or a sort of straight line. And so what you end up with essentially is loads and loads of straight lines, the odd circle. Yeah, if you have lots of space, lots and lots of circles. If you don't have very much space, maybe one circle and lots of straight lines. So you just very quickly see space, versus speed. And I think you can do this proactively or reactively. So I read about it as sort of quite a reactive, you're reflecting back, you're looking into the past and looking at space versus speed. I then did it proactively, which I'll I'll talk about in a second. So I actually looked ahead to see if it worked to do it that way, which it did. Um, But Helen, what did you find when you did your, when I said to you, you need to do this visual ones and zeros activity (laughs) to see whether it works for you. Uh, Did it work? And how did it work? 
so I did it on yesterday and so I looked at my diary yesterday uh, and yesterday I was sort of going into London and running a workshop and coming home and it happened to be my uh, son's birthday uh, yesterday so I had a little birthday dinner for him and all that kind of stuff so, so that was you know it's, it's, the birthday doesn't happen every day but everything else is kind of I guess sort of thing that happened an amazing if what I noticed was I had three circles so three moments of pause and the rest and a lot of lines and my lines started putting in the mail early in the morning because I pick up my phone quite early and I answer emails and all that kind of stuff it started quite early my circles were commutes so I had two circles because I was on a train I had most, much more space then I was sort of like looking at different things and reading and writing a few notes and things and then I had a another circle my last circle was at sort of at the end of the day when like people were basically asleep like the kids are asleep that is done and now I can kind of look at stuff and I was doing a bit of sort of just a bit of reading so what I reflected on was that actually in my day it is a lot of speed it is not a lot of pausing and there was a lot of back-to-back yesterday but there's something in me where I'm commuting where I feel like I have more space I mean I could just I could just work in that but it has a sense of space for me and so what it made me think was I how could I intentionally fit sort of more commutes into my day you know like if I was sort of going rather than working in one place all day so for example I'm a member of a co-working space and I tend to like start at one and stay there all day I think I could probably commute to another one that would be quite easy but and in that commute that creates a sense of space also I quite like like working in a different place with different people so it probably give me a bit of energy but I that commute does seem to create space for me and even when I'm working from home could I sort of create a little commute somehow you know go to somewhere or even like to a cafe or something like that I feel like that space is oh I can listen to a podcast there or I can reflect on my last meeting without that how do I create more commutes is sort of like the insight that I got to well it's interesting how transitions sometimes Mm. give us the chance to pause I think because I had the same reflection you know that kind of getting from and to somewhere actually does give you a bit of a bit of space one of the things that I found when I did it proactively so actually I looked at the same day as you and initially knew that it was going to look quite similar to yours because we were actually together so we had we had we had a very similar day in mind but I suddenly noticed so many lines in a row and actually that made me feel like really worried because I know I look forward to pausing. I definitely use pauses to regenerate and get my brain kind of rebooted. And so actually what that meant was I could put in a proactive pause. So I sort of looked at then my day and thought, right, okay, what would need to change or what would I need to do differently to punctuate my day with more pauses? Like what would that have to look like or who do I need to talk to to make that happen? And actually it was some quite small tweaks that just then meant actually I could change all of those straight lines just sort of flowing one to the next and then I know that I was better because of it but I had if I hadn't anticipated it you know you just sort of let it happen to you Mm. you know like you know you talked about how in control of your day are you and it was only the difference between 15 minutes that I freed up and 15 minutes that I hadn't freed up before that so I think asking yourself you're almost like Helen's question if you've got a more specific one brilliant which was sort of like Helen's like how can I always create commutes to give me the chance to press pause would kind of be one for Helen or you might just start with what's one pause that would make a big difference in your day you know if you were just adding I think just adding in one circle Mm. I wonder if you just added in one more circle what would that look like and it could be 15 minutes it could be five minutes it could be um three minutes before a meeting to stop and maybe 
look out the window or just do something different. Or just walk. So my office is in my garden and I can see my house now. But actually, that is sort of a commute, like walking. Like, you know, if I know that commutes are sort of a golden time for me to press pause, then actually going to make a cup of tea or something like that. But really intentionally thinking of that as, oh, this is my pause. Like sometimes I'm sort of rushing, you know, I don't think of it as a pause. I'm sort of rushing from go to go from one to the other. But just being like, I know that this is five minutes probably for me to go to my office, make a big tea, come back again, leaving my phone at the table and just like letting that, letting that pause sort of sit, whether it's for reflection or to think a bit of question, you know, think one question through a bit more deeply or whatever it is. There's probably more commutes than I think if it, if Mm. I don't think they always have to happen on a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play around with the idea of what your commute could look like. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So idea number two is about the shortest pause possible. We are also going to talk about some longer pauses, but I think this was us really challenging ourselves to go. We know everybody's busy. If you're adding more circles into your day, what could that look like? And maybe just give you some suggestions that might not have already sprung to mind. Because the more I thought about this, actually, the more I could come up with. Do you want to do a couple first, Helen? Yeah, sure. So one minute reflection time after each meeting. So that doesn't have to take a lot. You can probably squeeze you can probably squeeze it in, even if you're one minute late. It's probably not going to be a disaster. Most people are like two or three minutes at least. So one minute reflection time after a meeting. I always find the, like, what have I learned? So what am I thinking? And what might I do differently? Or what action do I need to take? Is a really, really quick way of me just like capturing some insights rather than just moving on to the next. So it's quite a useful framework for that reflection. So the next type of pauses work. There's one for when you are asking people a question and there's also a pause that can be really useful for when you are answering a question. So let's say I'm asking Sarah a question. A pause before I ask that question 
often increases someone's attention. So if I just rush in from my normal chit chat, which is quite pacey, and then just ask Sarah a question, it's not really kind of giving that question. It's not put the question in the spotlight. It's sort of just running on to other things I'm saying. But if I take a pause, I'm much more likely to have Sarah's attention. And then that question that I ask her is probably more likely to stand out and be considered. So pausing before you ask a question, really useful. And then pausing before you answer one, also great. Don't feel like you have to rush to respond. Pausing before you answer has two really big benefits. One, gives you more time to think. It's quite quite, quite helpful. Also, it means that somebody else is kind of watching you think it through, which means that for them, they're like, oh, this is a considered response. This is not a rushed response that Helen's just sort of winging in the moment. But the fact that they can see you thinking, that they can see you pausing and considering your response often means that it might have a bit more weight for that person rather than, yeah, just kind of saying what you think in the immediate moment. And in the meeting Helen and I were in before this, um, before recording the podcast, we got asked a brilliant question from the person we were working with. He said to us, it was something along the lines of, how has what we've talked about sort of met your expectations or, you know, kind of, is, is it what you're expecting me to talk about? And, you know, there, it's so easy to just like nod and say, yes, I think my intuition, because you like sort of go, oh yeah, yeah, sure. You know, almost in quite a sort of flippant way, but actually it was a big question and it was an important question and so I tried really hard in that moment to actually think about what did I think like had it met my expectations was I surprised like what what did I actually think about what we had talked about but I think you know like so often we just default to like oh yeah yeah it's all great it's all fine we just sort of we move on too fast I guess I did a social post on LinkedIn on Monday, I think, about emotional masking. And just on that point on, you just sometimes say things really flippantly. You know, when people say, oh, how are you doing? And like the sort of non-thinking responses very often, oh, I'm fine. You know, you just, you just mm. say it. Actually pausing before you respond and doing the, oh, I'm feeling. And actually like communicating an emotion, which is like, oh, I'm feeling like, what are you? Like, fine is rarely the thing. Like, it might be, I'm feeling really happy with how things are going, or I'm feeling like I could do with a bit more time to think. Like, maybe rather than just going, I'm fine, and having that kind of default, taking that pause to actually communicate something, I don't know, just a bit more considered, and also that might connect with somebody in a slightly different way. Well, I think we did that last night. I can't remember if you'd said to me, or if I just told you, I was like, oh, I'm feeling very motivated. So I didn't just go, oh, like, yeah, good day. I went, oh, no, I'm feeling very motivated. And I think you even said, oh, why was it this one conversation that you knew I'd had? And I was like, oh, no, actually, it was um, it was bigger than that. It was mm. like a few things during the day that had sort of added up to that. And it was also a bit about the structure of the day and the, some of the space of the day. I'd added in the pause. A couple of other really tactical ideas on shortest pause possible there is lots of evidence about how music affects our moods. And I definitely say this as somebody who listens to very little music. And so it's something I really want to try out this year. And we are going to, and I say we, because someone on our team is going to have a go at this because she wants to learn to be a DJ this year. We are going to create a squiggly Spotify playlist, which I'm very excited about. But today, for the first time in ages, I listen to music while I work, which I, I very rarely do. Because if I what listen to any... to? I love music. Oh, um, a classical music playlist for writing. Okay, sure, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> for other recommendations, get in touch um, with me. Yeah, <laughs> popular culture. Um, talk, talk to Helen. But it was very beautiful and very lovely. So I can't listen to anything with words while I'm working because I write, I write the words. But I was reading about 
if you sort of have music like punctuating your day so let's say you did have a like a go-to playlist and you even listen to one song that's a brilliant example of a really short pause and in Robert Poynton's book the reason I was thinking about this he talked about a CEO that he worked with who just happened to really like jazz like really he had really really full-on days but he would end his day by listening to one jazz piece if that's kind of the right description and that would almost be his pause, his pause between the workday ending and then him sort of going home, but also a pause to sort of synthesize the day, you know, like sort of process the day. And he sort of used music as his default, probably because it was something he was like personally passionate about. But I was like, oh, I think that could work for all of us. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, obviously I did try it a bit today, but I wasn't really pausing. I was just had some music on for a change but I, I can see that I can see how that could work I, I could see that and I so I have playlists I have loads of playlists I have like the music makes me happy playlists whenever I need a little bit of a boost random track from there but I actually like the idea of having a song that you start your day with just one song because it's like three mm. minutes of length isn't it and then having a song that you kind of end your day end with your day before with. before I kind of go largely family time it's a very different shift in mindset from all things squiggly to oh I need to you know, make dinner and put kids to bed. I quite like that, those that transition tracks, I suppose. And if you really want a cop-out action, which I think the <laughs> next one is, sleeping is actually a really good pause. So when, you know, when we, we've talked about this before, when we say sleep on it, actually having the confidence to say, I'm just going to pause for thought on that decision and I'm going to sleep on it. It's actually a really good pause because our brain does loads of processing overnight interesting to see what we think the next morning when we sort of wake up with sort of fresh eyes and we've had chance to kind of do the sense making that happens while we sleep and I sometimes think that happens anyway but maybe slightly more by accident rather than by design and so I think just spotting in your week does that decision or do you have to if you're a bit stuck on something does that thing have to happen right now or actually is that a really good chance to press pause and to maybe even say to someone else in your team or to your manager if you can, or even just to yourself, just going to press pause on this because I think I'll be, I think I'll be better on it tomorrow. I think I'll be better if I don't work on it for another hour tonight. If actually I come back to it first thing for fifteen minutes and, and just see where I've got to. I think I'm quite good at um, using sleep to press pause on an argument. <laughs> like I'm like pressing pause on this conversation now. I'm just going to sleep, and I'll just be much much more able to deal with this in the morning. So that you could well. go to sleep though mid argument. Yeah, that right. that would be the best thing for me to do because I hate arguments, and I'm like, right, I'm just gonna pretend this isn't happening. Go to sleep, and in the morning I'll feel much more positive, and, it, and we can sort this out. Yeah, yeah, generally. And we've talked about short pauses, but there is also we don't want to kind of miss the benefit of long pauses. So this, I think, is where you might kind of divide a a, a meeting or a conversation into two. A bit like my argument example, but um, a better, more relatable example: an innovation meeting. So let's say you're having a, a meeting at work and. It's all about generating ideas. You're, you're, you're you know, launching a new process or a new product or something. What can often be quite helpful between one meeting where you're coming up with all the ideas and the second meeting when you're thinking about having them into action is a bit of a pause because often what happens is people might, between two meetings, people might spot things that kind of make an idea even better. Like, oh, I've just seen this in this company and that's a bit like that thing that we said. Or, oh, I've thought about this and it's no longer, actually, now I've thought about it, don't think it'll work. Because often in the energy of a situation, you can kind of all get caught up with an idea. But when you include a pause, 
pause I think it increases consideration so sort of pauses between meetings like that can help similarly with um, career conversations I think too many people try to load too much into a career conversation and actually having a pause between them can help you think about what is my priority and what could I do and what help do I need and you can articulate that a bit more clearly rather than trying to do it all at once tough conversations I think when you're having you know if Sarah and I are having a really difficult conversation I think sometimes emotions can get in the way of the effectiveness of that so having a pause like literally saying this is feeling a bit difficult I'd like to consider it a little bit before we continue can we catch up later today or can we catch up tomorrow whatever it is but it's just this sense of not feeling like we have to do it all at once and actually the discussion could be better with a bit of a pause whether that is you know an hour a day or even even a week it can be different for different situations and learning we know works best when you pause so if you're trying to learn anything and you try to learn it all at once your recall and ability to then apply what you learn will go down because we know Uh, We need to repeat things. We need to come back to it. We need to build on it. And we also need to figure out, I think, the how is this meaningful for me question. And if we just try to do all of our learning all at once, then that's really hard to make happen. So we we want to sort of design pauses into our learning. And that could just be the difference between doing, um, let's say, even if you're watching a TED talk, you might choose to watch half of it today and half of it tomorrow. Um, and I, I would never think to do that, actually, I think because I'd be thinking, oh, I should complete it. <laughs> but actually, that's probably not a bad thing to do because you'll have thought about what you've heard so far. And then you'd kinda, you kind of you're going to come back to it and be like, oh, how does how does it end? So that, that could be quite interesting. It's also why reading books, there's a lot of evidence. If you're reading books for learning, you should read a bit at a time. You should actually keep coming back to it. So if you're reading Squiggly Career or You Coach You, and we've actually had lots of examples of people doing this, which is super smart on their part of going, yeah, I'm reading a chapter a week and there are five chapters or six chapters. So I'm sort of setting myself a learning goal of over the next five or six weeks, I'm basically designing my learning one chapter a week. And especially because the way that our books are written to be written in and to be very practical, those sort of long pauses, those weekly pauses in between, I'm not going to pick up that book now, I'm going to pause picking up that book for another week is the way to kind of make that learning last. I think also designing pauses into your learning, like, gets over guilt a little bit you know like that I have to read a chapter a day or I have to do this actually saying it's just gonna be a chapter a week and then I'm gonna put it away for a bit it's sort of like then you don't have to feel bad yeah. about it giving yourself permission to pause I guess yes I think so so idea number three is about playing around with pauses in your presentations and meetings and I think the first thing to notice here is what is your natural pace and what we are aiming for is to sort of mix up our pace using pauses And sort of the enemy here, or the kind of sin, apparently, from everything I was reading, is sameness. So we all have a natural sort of cadence, I think it's often described as, in terms of how we speak. But perhaps we don't really think about changing that, changing that up. And you can use pauses for all sorts of reasons, for effect, for jeopardy, for drama. And in some ways, when I was reading about this, I was like, it can feel a bit intimidating because you think, well, I'm not I'm not an actor. But I don't I don't know how to do this. But when you start to really think about it, and certainly if you start to say some sentences out loud. So as I was like thinking, I was like, oh, I'm going to try this or I'm going to try that. You realize it's often these are small pauses, right? We're not like leaving massive gaps and going. And the thing that really matters is almost like drum roll, as my son (laughs) would say. And then you're saying it. You might just find that there are just moments where something's really important to emphasize so you slow down and you pause more. 
than you might normally because you're like, this is really important. I really need people to listen to this. And actually, if I slow down and if I pause, I increase the chances of that happening. Or maybe you are going to, you pause. Um, I was reading something interesting about it's useful to pause if you're getting people to reflect or imagine who you're talking to. So if I was saying to Helen, now I just want you to imagine a working week where everything falls into place. What does that feel like? Who are you spending time with? What are you working on? Who are you working with? That's slower than my normal pace. Oh, it's nice. And... It sounds nice. No, oh, thanks. Maybe I should, maybe I should read audiobooks. Uh... <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, the Calm app. I was like, yeah. oh, that's just like Calm. Oh, there you go. That was my attempt to be like a meditate. Given I can't meditate, you're like, probably not going to work, is it? You know but, what, if um... you can't teach. There yeah, you go. yeah. Just, just do that, do that thing. And I was like, oh, actually, that really made sense to me. So I tried that on myself. I was like, oh, if you, know, if you were presenting and you're trying to get people to envisage anything or imagine something or maybe you're creating a new product for customers that you want people to get really excited about. If you're kind of creating those worlds, pauses and slowing down a bit and sort of giving people space to do the thing that you're asking them to do is really important. And I was like, oh, that's smart. That just made sense to me. And so the first thing I think I would do here is if you don't know what your pace is naturally, ask someone who you trust and who's nice and a friend. Like, I'm assuming Helen knows she's pacey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, probably because I've told her, but other people will have told her. My mum sent me a voice note message. Not a voice note. She she was asking me like how I was, and what she sent me pace? a message. Yeah, she said. Well, yeah, this, she said. I sent her a voice note, and she said her reply was, "Sorry, my ears don't work as fast as your mouth, but I got the gist anyway. Have a good day." Yeah. <laughs> Do you know when people talk about listening to voice notes and like increasing it to like one point five speed? I've tried that before on a voice note you've left me. And I was like, you're literally incoherent. I was like, you're the only person I know where you, you, you're you already the like the double speed thing or whatever that's like built into your phone. <laughs> but knowing that, your pace gives you loads of good stuff. So we're not saying lose what you already do because it gives you energy. It gives you enthusiasm. People, people love to listen to you. But there are probably moments where pausing and slowing down, as we've just talked about, would be really helpful. And just practicing pausing in conversations which I do I actually do see you do you know you don't you're not always super fast when we're having conversations as a team that I think just then means that you're more likely to pause in other parts of your day as well so it doesn't feel so unfamiliar I also think sometimes pausing is for you so I think to increase your reflection and your thinking and your ideas but sometimes pausing helps your message to land better with other people too so pausing is more about the benefit for other people and I think if you struggle because like me like I just get overexcited and I'm just speedy um but if I was thinking about other people first, not what I want to say, but what I want them to hear, then actually having a pause partner is quite useful. So for example, on the podcast, Sarah and I have a naturally different pace. And so part of the way that we hope that we help you learn by listening is we're always very intentional of mixing it up. So you don't hear too much of Sarah and then you hear a bit of me. And Sarah's naturally kind of more thoughtful and naturally more pausey in her responses so you kind of get that mix so you do want to develop this capability for yourself but sometimes I think if you just if you do find it hard having sort of a pause partner somebody who has a different pace to you can create the same outcome for the person that is listening to you. So to summarise our key points today on pausing first consider what are your pause payoffs what's the benefit for you what are you trying to achieve from pausing Next, get really practical about what your pausing looks like today. 
do that line and circle exercise. How much space, how much speed have you got? And like, what do you notice? What does that say? What question might you come up with as a result? Then come up with the shortest pause possible that you could add into your day. What does that look like? Is that reflecting at the end of a meeting? Is that some music? Or are you going to go for the cop out one of sleep? Maybe if you're going to sleep, add one more in just so you're doing, you're trying something different. You're doing something differently. And also think about where a long pause is appropriate for you in the work that you do. Where might those long pauses be really helpful? And then finally, play around with pauses in your conversations, your presentations, your meetings. So we hope you found that helpful. Don't forget the pod sheet is all in there. You can practice pausing with some other people too. But that is everything for this week and we'll be back again very soon. Bye everyone. Thanks so much for listening everyone. Bye. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.